Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, beloved, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, my brothers and sisters, listen. Hebrews 13, 9 tells us, Do not be carried away by diverse and strange teachings, because, beloved, I don't know if you know this or not, but there are a lot of strange teachings going around the body of Christ. Namely, yes, I'm going to keep harping on this as long as the Holy Spirit keeps pressing into my spirit that we as children of the Most High God, we must wake ourselves up to the reality that there are wolves, ravenous wolves in sheep's clothing, looking to make a mockery out of the Word of God. These are they who distort His Word so that we can, quote-unquote, live comfortably as we serve the living God. But last I checked, Christ Jesus told us this walk with him is anything, will be anything but a cake walk. So all of this pseudo comfortability that we have eternal security is Not only is it shipwrecking many in their faith, but it is sending many straight to a burning hell. Beloved, as we will get into it today, listen. We who have called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are in fact commanded to walk obediently throughout 
the time on the earth. So you all can run behind these false teachers if you want to. Because I'm telling you, when we sit up under, how does Hebrews 13.9 says it? Diverse and strange teachings. We will be carried away. So, the Bible have a lot to say about its warning of hell. Let us go to some scriptures because, yes, we need some sobriety and some clarity of the situation that if we don't repent and if we don't stop sinning, none of us are going to make it. So, do I want to give you all 100 of these scriptures before me? Yes, but I won't. I won't. Only for the sake of time, I won't. Let us begin with Revelation 21, verse 8. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Amen. So you may say, Cynthia, it is too early in the morning for all of this. Beloved, no, it's not. You want to know why it is never too early in the morning for this? Because many have lost their souls last night. And right now, as we speak, have lifted up their eyes in a burning hell. And, and sad to say, many were quote-unquote Christians. They believed every bit of once I'm saved, I'm always saved. And then they lived a life of iniquity because of this pseudo comfortability called eternal, excuse me, eternal security. So no, no, Miss Missy, it is never too early in the morning to wake ourselves up. Listen, Matthew 25, 41, the Christ was saying, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you curse it, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So we can think the Lord is playing if we want to. Hell was never created for man. It was, like he says, it was created for the devil and his angels. 
But if you want to align yourselves with the devil and his angels, well, you too. So would I end up in this very same horrendous, terrifying, horrific, burning place. Matthew 25, 46. And these, these who? To his left, he just told us in verse 41, but now in verse 46 of Matthew 25, and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Amen, beloved. I don't know, but I'm looking at Matthew 10, 28. And it is scriptures like this one that keeps me sober-minded that if I even think about going back to my vomit, this is what I, I will, you will have in store for you. Matthew 10, 28, Jesus was saying, do not fear. Those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Amen. Because let us never, and I mean never, forget about Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. So, beloved, if you find yourselves still rolling in habitual, deliberate, persistent sin, well, the remedy for that is over here in Mark 9, 43, because Jesus says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. Beloved, some of, some of us must get to cutting off hands and plucking out some eyes. If there is anything that is causing, is causing you to sin, cut it off. Pluck it out. Get yourselves away from it. This place is literal. And those who keep on professing that Christ Jesus is their Lord and Savior. But then, but then, because please somebody make this make sense to me. These are they who love to pull on his grace. These are they who love to say, well, Christ died for my sins. But then these are. The very ones who say, well, we don't have to follow Christ's teachings 
especially when you keep hammering the fact that they must come up out of these adulterous remarriages and we give them the scriptures of what Jesus taught along with Paul. And again, these are they who now say, well, Christ wasn't talking to the church because he was teaching under the law. And look, look, look at the craziness of it all. And not to mention the hypocrisy of it all. They claim that since Jesus taught under the law and that he was speaking primarily to his disciples who he taught under the law, they had to obey his teachings. Okay. If that be the case, right? Then who are you following? Who is your Savior and Lord? Because Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. So if you are telling us and teaching us that we don't have to follow Christ's teachings, well, then how is he our Lord and Savior? Please, somebody send me an email. Make this make sense to me. Oh, beloved, we cannot be deceived. I'm telling you, beloved, people who name the name of Christ, they are refusing to obey Christ and all of his teachings. Again, again, claiming that Jesus was only speaking to his disciples under the law. And that we are not compelled to follow his teachings. Again, I got a question. How is it? How is it you say he's your Lord and Savior, but that we are not commanded to follow his teachings? Please, please, somebody make it make sense to me. Beloved, wake up. Wake up, beloved. Listen, okay. Jude 1, 7. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve. Mm-hmm. Sodom and Gomorrah, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Beloved, the Lord is no one to play with. You want to know why? Romans 2, 6 through 8. He will render to each one according to his works to those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those 
who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, well, there will be wrath and fury. Amen. So I know, uh-huh, I know some of y'all are tired of me saying it, but it bears constant repeating. We are commanded by our God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, to live clean and holy. And what does that entail? Well, it means living your born-again life where sin is not the centerpiece of your entire existence, but that Christ is. It means not going back to your vomit now that you have been washed clean, purified by a complete atonement for sin and made free from the guilt of sin. It means... Now that you have been consecrated, set apart, you have been justified, pronounced righteous by trusting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our God. So say 1 Corinthians 6, 11. Amen. It means, beloved, in a nutshell, that your life, my life, is no longer characterized by sin. Listen, John 8, 11. So, we can just right now discount the high-sounding nonsense about how we don't have to follow Jesus' commandments and his teachings. Please, please put that away from your thinking because that is not true. That is a false doctrine, a doctrine of devils. Of course, we must adhere to and follow his commandments. You want to know why? John 10. Let's come on. Let's get over there. Hold on. Let me let me pull this up. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because again, Hebrews 13, 9, we are not to be carried away by diverse and strange teachings. And beloved, it is absolutely strange to even think that we can't even lend our born-again ears to foolishness about how we don't have to follow Jesus Christ. Okay, look, let me pull up. Let me calm my little self down because it's, it's ridiculous. John 10, come down here to verse 27. Because see, down in here, the Lord Jesus is telling us to whom all he will give this wonderful free gift of eternal life to. So if we fall for the okey-doke that we don't have to listen nor follow Jesus Christ, 
Well, then how do you expect to inherit this eternal life? Huh? Huh, beloved? How? Well, because I said the sinner's prayer. Beloved, please stop it. Stop it. Listen. John 10. Let's see. 27. The sheep. Okay. That are my own. Hear my voice. And listen to me. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I know them. And they follow me. And I give them. Them whom? The one who listens to Jesus and follows him. So he says to them, I give eternal life and they will never ever by any means perish and no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. Amen. And then he goes on in verse 29 saying how they cannot be snatched out of the father's hand also. See, beloved, let let us not get this twisted. This is not a doctrine of once I'm saved, I'm always saved, eternal security. No, the Christ was making a point because up above to keep it in context, he was talking about false teachers. Mm-hmm. These, these hirelings who, who went out on their own. These are they who have self-appointed themselves in church leadership. But all the while, they are filled with seducing and lying spirits. Their father is not holy God. It is none other than Satan himself that downloads this madness to spread it like gangrene, like cancer among the body of Christ about how you can disobey God and still go to heaven anyway because sometime way back yonder you done, you done quoted some unscriptural, unbiblical sinner's prayer. And now you have eternal security. So say the apostate bishop, beloved, we better wake up because Christ was saying that his sheep do not follow strange voices. And it is a strange voice. To tell us we don't have to follow Jesus Christ because since he taught under the law and that how we Gentiles are not under the law, which is true, we have never been under the law. But that's another teaching for another day. But that how Christ Jesus was only talking to his disciples and and because the body of Christ has not been established at that point, then we don't have to follow Jesus. But then again, these are they who say Christ is their Lord and Savior. And because of what he did for them on Calvary's hill, well, they have eternal security. So, 
Which one is it? Do we follow Jesus? Do we listen to him? Or are we using him for his grace so that we can stay out of hell? Beloved, is it too early in the morning to ring my bell? No, it's not. Wake up. Christ Jesus says he gives eternal life to those who know his voice, listens to him, and follow him. How are we following him if we don't have to listen nor, nor obey him? Beloved, let's move on. Let's move on because I'm telling you, that's why he says, those who have ears, let them hear. Amen. So John 8, 11 establishes the pattern of how we are to live now that we have received forgiveness. We put away all iniquitous behavior and live changed lives that are not, beloved, characterized by sin, wickedness, nor evil. We walk in obedience and not in a thankless manner for what Christ has done for us. Because again, these be the very ones who are living and glorying in their willful sin, claiming the name. And then when you bring, thus saith the Lord, that's adultery, that's fornication, that's drunkenness, that's murder, that's lying, that's idolatry. And here they go, well, you know, we do have grace. Yes, we do, but we, <clears throat> we don't abuse it and distort it and, and, and use it as a license to stay in your foolishness. What part of you must live clean and holy are we not understanding? You can't have your worldly, secular, lustful cake and Christ Jesus too. You can't have the cake and eat it, beloved. Either you're going to obey Christ fully or you're not. And don't think that all that we are doing is not being recorded, written down in heaven. Beloved, wake yourselves up. Do you not realize we just read Christ Jesus will give to every last single person according to how he says it, says it over here in Jeremiah 17, 10, to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. 
So we can play around with these scriptures if we want to. We can try to find excuse after excuse about how it's okay for you to stay in your sins, but the rest of us, oh no, no, that's sin. Uh-uh, you can't be living that way. But you are living in an adulterous remarriage and you have a living spouse. So if you can do it, well, how come I can't do it? Well, you can't. Well, how come you get to do it? Because it's not sin for me. Beloved, please make it make sense. If that's not the epitome of hypocrisy and self-righteousness, then I don't know what is. Because if you say that what you are doing by having this unauthorized marriage, because it, 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 it's not a marriage, not when you have a covenant living spouse is not because only death ends that marital vow. But again, that's another teaching. Check the playlist for another day. If you don't think that you are in adultery when Jesus says that it is, then explain to me what is adultery. So instead of giving me the answer, here they go. Well, you know, we don't have to follow Jesus' teachings because he taught under the law. <sighs> Beloved, it's not funny. It's true. It's truly not funny. It's what's making me chuckle is that the hypocrisy and, and the lack of understanding of the scriptures is staggering. And these are the ones who I believe some of them really love Jesus, but they got it in their heads. This distorted teaching about grace. Listen, beloved, grace does not give us authorization to remain in willful, blatant, deliberate sin. No, it does not. Titus 2, 11, 14 is one of the many scriptures that tells us what true grace is and what it does for the believer who is being sanctified by Holy Spirit to obey Jesus Christ, to, to get us prepared to meet him when he snatches us up out of these body suits and we stand in eternity carrying all of this sin with us and here we go thinking we are good to go and these are the ones Christ will say depart from me I never knew you you worker of iniquity listen Titus 2 11, 14 says for the grace of God that bringeth salvation <clears throat> that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, 
We should live soberly, righteously, and godly. See, beloved, this is what grace teaches us. That pseudo hyper distorted grace does not teach us this because that grace teaches that you can stay in adultery, you can stay in your fornication, you can stay in your in your um homosexuality, you can't continue smoking your cigarettes, drinking your your alcohol and your beers and your wines like a drunkard. You can't still dress like a harlot. You you can still have that potty mouth. You can still take the Lord's name in vain. You can do it all. Because at the end of the day, grace, grace, and more grace. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And those who live like that, they love every bit of once saved, always saved. My hand is the first to be raised. Oh, I loved that false doctrine when I was living in my filth claiming the name. Listen, I got the plank out of my eye. I believe I am serving as a as a a testimony of one as one who have come from the brink of hell. That close. I was right on the cusp of losing my soul, claiming the name. And this is why, yes, Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of God, I go hard. Because this is love, beloved. Love warns. I'm telling you to your face via this microphone that if you don't come up out of these adulterous remarriages, if you don't stop that slandering, if you don't stop that lying and stealing, if you don't clean up that potty mouth, you're not going to make it. And no, this is not about working for your salvation. Beloved, stop it. This is about post-salvation. Now that we have been forgiven, Christ tells us to go, comma, and sin no more. No more. So, Titus 2.11 to 14 was saying that grace teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. And that it teaches us to live soberly, live righteously, live godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might listen. Okay. That he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify Unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Amen. And this is the part in the story 
that many refuse to get. They say obedience is working for your salvation. Beloved, ain't nobody teaching a work-based faith. We are saved by grace. We know this. But you mean to tell me that having a change of mind, repentance from sin, and its idolatrous, evil, wicked lifestyle, and turning to God in godly sorrow is a work unto salvation? Absolutely not. This is simply called repentance. Having a change of mind. This is the work of holy God. It is he that causes us to have this change of mind. He grants us repentance. Because without a change of mind, there will be no salvation. How could there be? If you still think it's okay to fornicate, it's okay to commit adultery, it's okay to sell drugs, take drugs, it's okay to steal from the job, cheat on your spouse, it's okay to just curse anybody out because you are having a bad day. If you still think it's okay to slander someone because you are making a point, then you are not being saved. You are still worldly. And you may, you, you gotta check if you are even born again. Born again children, according to 1 John chapter 3, do not make it a practice to go on sinning. But if we do sin, if we do miss the mark, we have an advocate in heaven, Jesus Christ, that we can go to the Father in sincere repentance, confess the sin. 1 John 1, 9 assures us that he is faithful and just, hallelujah, to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And going forward, look, John tells us later on to sin not. This wonderful grace does not give us the clearance to go on sinning and then and then hide up under it, talking about, well, you know, God's grace. Well, bless his holy name for his grace. But it teaches us to reject all, all, every stinking bit of ungodliness. So, this is plain and simple. Repentance. And some folk need to stop making it more complicated than necessary. Because your problem, because it was my problem, is that you want to serve two masters. And the Lord Jesus says you cannot. 
Over there in Matthew 6.24, you cannot. Obedience, my friend, okay, is not a work unto salvation. Obedience is a righteous response to what the Christ has done on our lowly behalf. It is our call to duty to live changed lives that reflect our spiritual maturity, plain and simple. And for this reason, Holy Spirit says in Colossians 2.8, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than Christ, rather than from Christ. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, beloved, let me make this as painless as possible about that damnable doctrine of eternal security. The one who endures until the end, the one who remains abiding in Christ Jesus, the one who lives a repentant, holy, and righteous life, as they are being led and prompted by the Holy Spirit, the one who stays out of willful, deliberate sin, the one who strives to enter the narrow door, the one who obeys the Father and the Son, the one who loves the brethren, the one who is truly about the Father's business, the one who lives a consistent, sensible, godly, and upright life, that's the man, that's the woman Christ Jesus was talking about that no man can pluck out of his hand. It's not rocket science, folks. It's not. So, I mean, I get it why they would use a term like eternal security. But it can't have this distorted context attached to it. I Okay. I believe I know what 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 you're trying to mean by saying in Christ we have assurance of this wonderful gift of eternal life which is true but guess what beloved come on now it is for the ones, because he just told us, who will receive eternal life, he told us. It is to the one who 
Number one, he knows them. We know him. We hear his voice. We listen to him and we follow him. You're not following Jesus if you refuse to come up out of this adulterous remarriage. You're not following Jesus Christ. When you rather obey the teachings of the apostate pastor and bishop that telling you, you don't listen. Listen to the satanic nature of it all. Just listen. That we don't have to listen nor follow and obviously obey Jesus' teachings and commandments because he was teaching under the law. So if you're not obeying the Christ, how is he your Lord and Savior? How? And you see, yes, Holy Spirit, and this is why it is so easy for them to stay in sin because they believe they don't have to follow Jesus at all. But then they want his security, if you will, of inheriting eternal life. But you're not obeying him. He's saying, if you have a living spouse, you commit adultery. And you say, well, actually, we don't have to follow Jesus' teachings because he taught under the law and us Gentiles are not under the law. Okay, well, then whose teachings are you following, though? Because if you say, well, those of the apostles, well, where do you think they got their teachings from? Jesus Christ himself. Beloved, I'm telling you. A lot of people are not going to make it. Listen, if you are tuning in, let's say for the very first time, or you are a babe in Christ, and you have been led by Holy Spirit to these types of teachings, and you may not even heard of the false doctrine of once saved, always saved. Well, let me give it to you in a nutshell so that you can avoid it too because it's going to send you straight to a burning hell as you await final judgment. Let no one deceive you, precious one, that it's okay to disobey God, that it's okay to not follow Jesus, That you can live however you want anyway and still get to go to heaven because you done quoted from Romans 10, 9 through 10. That's not a sinner's prayer, nor was it any doctrine that Paul was establishing. I already covered that, beloved. Romans 10 verses 9 through 10 is not something we say to ensure and guarantee we have eternal security. Paul was addressing the nation of Israel, his brethren, who who rejected their Messiah. And he was telling them that if they were to just confess Jesus is their Lord, they will be saved. But for the fact that they rejected him, Paul, all in chapter 9, leading 
through chapter 10, he was lamenting over this fact. He was, he was grieved and brokenhearted that his fellow brethren, his fellow, his fellow Jewish brethren rejected Christ Jesus, the only one that could have saved them. And so he was telling them, what must they do in order to receive him as Lord and Savior, that they don't have to follow any longer the 613 laws of Moses. But now that the Christ has gone to the cross, he would... He was telling them that once we are saved, we can say Christ is our Lord and Savior. But crooked men who have wormed their way into the pulpits have twisted that and created some salvation sinner's prayer doctrine. No, beloved. Listen, <clears throat> in order to receive forgiveness of your sins, one must repent. Repenting is not a work. Repenting is simply a changing of your mind and now you go in the opposite direction to God so that through Christ shed blood, you can now receive forgiveness of your past sins. Oh, beloved. Listen. According to that false doctrine, that if someone is born again, that person can never lose their salvation no matter how they live. Think about it, beloved. Just use your cognitive thinking. Do you think holy God who saw it fitting to crucify his son to now have him become sin on our behalf. We could not have paid our sin debt no matter how good we thought we were. Only one that was perfect, sinless, could have paid this demand for justice because God's justice demanded payment for sin. Only the Christ could have paid our sin debt. This is the same God where sin and evil cannot stand in his presence. Just like when Adam and Eve disobeyed because he told them if you did, he told Adam if you eat from this tree that I am commanding you not to eat of it, you shall surely die. And what did the devil say to Eve? No, you won't. You will not surely die. And rather her 
putting down that fruit and walking away with her spouse, she, just like many of us, believed the lie of the devil over the actual word of God and look at what happened. So, we see, yes, Holy Spirit, we see the birth of this madness emanating from the Garden of Eden. And what happened? God kept his word, didn't he? And just like he's keeping his word today, like the Lord told us over there in Luke 13, 3 to 5, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. You too shall all likewise perish. And he means it. So we can be carried away if we want to by all of these diverse and strange teachings if we want to. Just like Holy God kept his word in the garden and put Adam and Eve out of the garden and that that spirit that was living on the inside of them fell that day and they were separated from God. You mean tell me he's not going to keep his word in the 21st century? Yeah, we have been deceived. We have been deceived. No, you can't live not in Christ Jesus. You can't live however you want because he says in order to be his disciple, we must pick up our cross, deny ourselves and follow him. And so, can't you see how dangerous and damnable it is for anyone to teach that we don't have to follow Jesus Christ? Well, then how are you to be his disciple if you are not picking up your cross like he picked up his leading to his crucifixion? How are you leading to your crucifixion of the flesh daily? If you are not following Jesus. So beloved. I don't know about you. But uh uh-uh. I ain't falling for the okie doke any longer. And I am beseeching you. To be an ardent student. Of the word of God. Studying this word for yourselves. Because. Like I said. According to that madness. And that satanic teaching. If anyone is born again, they can never lose their salvation, no matter how they live. And all you got to do is crack open up your Bible. It shows us clearly that if you fall away, that if you abandon Jesus, if you go back out to the world, if you return back to your vomit, you will lose your soul. Yes, you will. So... According to that madness, that eternal security, false teaching, that we can still live under grace. That we can still, under grace now, keep that in mind. That we can still live as a fornicator, an idolator, an adulterer, 
as an effeminate homosexual, a man bashing lesbian, that we can still live as a thief, a drunkard, a weed smoker, a slanderer, an extortioner, and not to mention a liar, a murderer, a gossip, any one of the 17 works of the flesh and still go to heaven. Beloved, this doctrine is nowhere to be found in the Holy Scriptures. So don't be fooled by anyone who tells you otherwise. Because, folks, really. Mm-hmm. Do you think it will be fitting for any child of God who believes they have been called by Jesus himself to speak on his behalf to his flock? That it will be okay anyway. That they can still live in all of those sins. That the Bible tells us. That if we continue to practice such things. We will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do you think it's fitting for anyone who's living such a lifestyle to tell you. That it's okay. It's okay. God loves you. And he understands you. No. He understands that if you don't stop it. You will go straight to a burning hell. Now beloved. We are not ignorant of the scriptures. We know he is love. And he is merciful. Full of grace loving kindness and he gives us time to come to our senses and come on back home but if you keep delaying if you keep finding some comforting cushion about some assurance of eternal security you're gonna lose your soul you're going to lose your soul, beloved. As you holding on to every word of the apostate bishop, you're going to lose your soul. I'm here to tell you to repent. Come out of any sin that you see in the Bible that teaches if you continue to live in such a way you will end up in this lake of fire for sure. Yes, thank you, Holy Spirit, for sure. For absolutely sure. You will end up in this lake of fire claiming Lord, Lord. Because the Lord says something so profound to me. Why call me Lord, Lord? When you do not obey me. See beloved. This is not rocket science. 
it only becomes convoluted when you are trying to skirt around, get around the wholesome teachings of Jesus Christ. Listen, he done already told us over there in Matthew chapter 7, the way to eternal life, it is straight and it is narrow. There is no wiggle room for sin, beloved, because the way to eternal destruction and eternal loss, well, that way it is broad. It is wide open. And Jesus says many are on that path. Mm-hmm. But how there are few, few that are on the path that leads to eternal life and eternal gain. So, I really don't care. No, I do not. I don't care what any wolf in sheep's clothing have, has to say. I know, just like many of us know, that the way to the kingdom, it is straight and it is very narrow. Very narrow. And this is why all of us who actually loves Jesus Christ, we must daily look over our lives. Is there anything, even a hint of anything that will disqualify us? So, I don't care what any wolf in sheep's clothing has to say because this is a damnable lie from the pit of hell. Listen, if we get to go to heaven anyway, then why did the Lord Jesus, why did he warn us that withered branches who do not continue to abide in him will be bundled up and burned in the fire. Yeah, see? Study the four Gospels. Don't let anybody fool you that you don't have to listen to Jesus. Yes, you do, because he's telling us those who do listen to, to him, these are the ones he will give eternal life to, and no man will ever snatch us out of his hand. What man was he talking about? Because he wasn't preaching about a once saved, you always save, nothing you can do that will ever snatch you from me. No, he's talking about these false teachers and that how none of their diverse and strange teachings will ever be able to snatch us from Jesus' hand. Why? Because we are listening to Jesus himself. We go with what thus saith the Lord, not what thus saith the apostate bishop who is only looking to fleece and rob you of your hard-earned money so that he can build his religious empire off the backs of God's people who are walking in ignorance of his word. 
Oh, beloved, please let us pray. Father, blessed be your holy name. Thank you for grace. Thank you that you have made a way for sinners to be made right with you when they believe that Jesus Christ died for their sins on the cross, shedding his blood, we find salvation through the cross. But we must repent. We must not turn back and fall away from the faith. We must finish our race and stand firm until the end. Even in the face of tests, trials, tribulations, and not to mention temptations. You tell us in 2 Peter 1 verse 10, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. You will never fall. Amen. The Lord Jesus tells us in Mark 13, 13, And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Amen. And also, in Matthew 24, starting at verse 10, the Lord Jesus gave a powerful sermon. At that time, many will be offended and repelled by their association with me and will fall away from the one whom they should trust and will betray one another, handing over believers to their persecutors and will hate one another. Many false prophets will appear and mislead many because lawlessness is increased. The love of most people will grow cold. But the one, verse 13, Matthew 24, but the one who endures and bears up under suffering to the end will be saved. Amen. And Father, we see over here in Revelation 2.10 because Father, we all must understand and walk in sobriety. Just calm down and be reasonable in our thinking. Because see, when one is rolling around in sin, they will in fact, because Paul prophesied to the young pastor Timothy that a time will come when people 
children of God will not endure. They will not put up with sound doctrine. But rather, they will heap upon themselves these false teachers who, who come with tickling ears, ear sermons. They heap upon themselves these types of teachers promoting doctrines of devils. And they will turn away from the truth and turn to these fables, these made-up doctrines, these man-made satanic doctrines about eternal, no, no, the assurance of eternal security, no matter how you live. And Father, these are they who distort your grace They turn it into a lie. They are lying on you. They are lying on Jesus, twisting your words, taking them out of context. And those, my hand is raised, Father. Those who are looking for a a comfy cushion to remain in willful sin and still expect to hear, well done, well done anyway, having lived a life that was characterized by willful sin and still expect to hear, well done anyway, anyway, Father. Expect to hear. Well, we know from Hebrews 10, 26, that if we continue to deliberately go on willfully sinning, there is, there is no more sacrifice for sins. Christ Jesus died so that we can be set free from the bondage of sin. Sin is no longer our master. But if we keep on sinning, there is no one. There is no more sacrifice that needs to be made. Because some are crucifying Christ over and over and over and over again. It's only the Christ who came one time as Savior, he tells us, Father, in John 14, 6, I am the way. I'm the truth and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, yes, Holy Spirit. So, if we are to believe that damnable lie about how we don't have to follow Jesus and his teachings, well, he's telling us it is through him and him alone that we come to you, Father. We see Revelation 2.10. The Lord Jesus is telling us to be faithful. Be faithful to the point of death if you must die for your faith. And I will give you the crown consisting of life. So, Father, if we if we are not remaining faithful, how can we even think we will get 
this crown of life? How? How can we even fix our hearts and mouths to utter, well, I know I'm going to heaven anyway. Me and the Father are good. I know. And these are they, Father, who are waking up and going to bed in their sins all day long. And these are the one when correction, when your word comes to them and say, no, you are living in sin. They say, no, they are not because we have grace. And then they want to pull on the law of Moses. They want to now talk about some distorted doctrine that how grace got us covered no matter what. And they are assured because you did not, you did not teach them this father. They got it from their bishop who, who father are in the second and third and maybe fourth remarriages themselves. So of course they will, they would preach eternal security anyway. Of course they will preach. Once you are saved, you are always saved. Once you are in God's family, hmm, you are always in the family. And these are apostates. Hallowed be thy holy name, Father. I ask for more grace to be just as bold as a lion, gentle as a dove, to continue to herald, repent, and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Children of the light, come out of your sins and come back come back to the father come back home lights turn from your evil wicked ways and come back to God today 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 because you don't know when it will be your appointed day with death. Have mercy on us all, Father. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you our lives. Thank you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to prepare us and sanctify us, making us holy so we can stand before your presence in glory. So, so we don't shrink back because standing in eternity is way different than standing in time. Because see, in eternity, we will have crystal clarity about the whole situation about why we will be thrown in that lake of fire but it will be too late oh father I pray for the saints that they may hold fast to Jesus word only to receive his righteous instructions 
thank you for saving us. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the most high God. Oh, beloved, listen. Jude, over there. He understood exactly what was going on in his day as he was warning the brethren about the dangers of false teachers. And he's given us the exact same warning today, especially in this last dark, troubling hour. I'm going to give you this scripture and I'm going to let you go. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago for they have denied our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's Jude 1 4. Amen, beloved. That's that is exactly what's going on behind this madness of eternal security. Because some want to know, well, do we have it? Because the Bible warns about hell. Do we have what these men and women are talking about? Eternal, if you want to say eternal security, well, <clears throat> if, if you must use that term, it will be for the ones who follow, listens, and obey Jesus Christ because he uses a term called eternal life. This eternal security is no, this term, this terminology is nowhere found in the scriptures. This comes from Satan, Satan himself. Just like he told, told Eve, he was giving her the doctrine of eternal security when he says, no, you won't. You will not surely die. You can take part of this fruit of the tree Although God says don't eat of it, but I'm telling you, eat it anyway. You're not going to die. You go on, girl. <laughs> Look, go on, girl. Do you. And Eve saw that it was good to the eye and pleasing. And to somehow bring some wisdom. Mm-hmm. And what did she do? disobeyed God, ate, and then she turned around and gave it to Adam, who was standing right there. And once, and once Adam took of that forbidden fruit, you all know the rest of the story. Repent, beloved, and believe. Turn from any sin in your life and stop.
stop it. Be not deceived. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. God won't be mocked. Be not deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. It will corrupt you, beloved. Arise, come alive, wake up to righteousness. Listen, come to your senses just like the prodigal son came to his senses. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And realized he was in a pig pen. He's going back home. Go back home, beloved. Go back home to the Father. Amen. Amen. And Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Praise the living God. Until next time. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.